This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Centre, the show where we discuss the tools and techniques you need to be at the forefront of the ever-evolving world of business. This is Audrey Raj. Now, with all this talk about easing restrictions for those who are fully vaccinated, it's made the prospect of returning to our old lives more tangible, right? I mean, it's like we're finally on the final leg of this race. We can actually see the finish line on the horizon and we can almost taste victory. With victory, of course, comes a lot of good things. You've got socializing, the prospect of traveling, spending time with family in the flesh, and also returning to work, to the office to be exact. Now, how does this sit with the nation's workforce, especially after more than 18 months of working from home uh, or remote working or flexible working arrangements? Well, according to EY's 2021 Work Reimagined Employee Survey, only 22% of Malaysian employees want to go back to the office full-time. It's understandable, but poses a whole bunch of problems for organizations nationwide. So to talk to us about what Malaysian employees expect, how organizations can cater to these expectations and how we'll be working in the very near future, I have online with me right now Anil Shivadas, partner within the People Advisory Services at Ernst & Young Consulting, Sundaran Berhad. Anil, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi Audrey, thank you for having me today. So, Anil, can we start with some of the highlights from EY's uh, Work Reimagined Employee Survey? Like, what was the sample size and what were the key findings from that report? Okay, um, well, basically, in terms of the total sample size, it's about 16,000 respondents who responded to the survey, out of which uh, we've got about 250 respondents who came from Malaysia, which mm. is a good thing because then we'll be able to have a Malaysian-specific cut of the data. In terms of the key highlights, there are a few actually key highlights. The first one is really about, so only 22% of respondents actually want to work from the office full-time, which means that 78% of respondents actually want some kind of flexibility around where and when they work. I guess that will be one of the key highlights, which actually has a lot of implications around how should uh, companies operate, uh, not only in the short term, that's what we see now, but also in the long term to come. Right. We'll touch on that in just a bit, Anil, but there were other uh, interesting findings as well from the report, right? Yeah. So I think let's start first with the, um, the topic on job satisfaction and also employee retention, right? So the first one I'd like to highlight is that, you know, the response were asked to rate their level of job satisfaction on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, right? So what we saw from the survey was that 75% of the respondents actually rated their job satisfaction level between 7 and 10. Mm. So that's pretty high, right? And almost 90% of the respondents did say that they would actually stick to their current job for the next 12 months. Now, bear in mind that this survey was conducted back in March 2021, right? Um, I think back then we will see that uh, there's a lot more uncertainty in the market. Um, but we are actually seeing a lot more people move around in the market these days. Okay. So that's one of the key findings, right? There's a high level of job satisfaction and majority of respondents would actually stay with their current company for the next 12 months. So what's driving this uh, positivity in the results, right? I would say there are four key areas that we're looking at, right? The first one is around culture, 
Right? But slightly more than half of the respondents said that the culture within the organizations did change, and it changed for the better. Right? And this could be due to employees being given more empowerment and trust in getting things done, and of course being provided with the flexibility in terms of when they get their work done. Right? The other area which is um, quite interesting to note is on productivity, where 63% of the respondents did say that their productivity can be measured accurately regardless of where they work, mm. right? So that's interesting, right? Because today with all kinds of collaborative tools available to us, right, we can actually work anywhere and deliver the outcomes that we need to deliver, right? And this actually builds a very strong case for remote working in the longer term, right? Mm. And on productivity as well, 67% of the respondents did say that their organizations have become more, they've seen an improvement in productivity levels in their organizations, mm. right, because of this. So two other points which I'd like to touch on in terms of, you know, where this positivity, positivity is coming from is really around creativity and problem solving. Around cre- creativity, 71% of respondents did say that they've seen improvements in the way they work around creativity. And slightly more than half of them have said that they've seen improvement in their company's ability to solve problems more efficiently. So that's basically what's driving the positivity within, within the organizations today. Okay, Anil, um, how about we rewind a bit and talk about the experience of employees at work you know, during this pandemic? You know, what, are some of, what are or what were some of their concerns with working remotely and how have most of them come to now prefer this way of work? Yeah, so I touched a little bit on, you know, why has it been such a positive experience for employees? But you're right, Audrey. Um, there are definitely concerns that employees have. Um, it's mainly about, you know, not being able to work uh, in the same location as their managers, mm. right? Uh, why is that? Because there are actually concerns that by working remotely or not being face-to-face with their managers, they've indicated a concern where they're just afraid that, you know, they may not be um, given the right sort of career opportunities, right? So this could be due to the out-of-sight, out-of-mind uh, mentality that we typically have. So if you think about it in the office, when we're in the office together with our teams, our colleagues, you know, we're able to freely roam around the office and, you know, we bump into people here and there. And whenever there's an opportunity for a particular work to be done, you know, the first person we pass on that work to will be probably people who are sitting in front of us, for example. Yeah. Right? But now, because we are all working in a virtual environment, we don't see them face-to-face, mm. right? So it's really hard, you know, for, for employees that do not have that line of sight with their line managers, mm. right? Um, the other point which I would like to highlight is that this also probably points to the issue of trust, mm. right, between the employer and the employee. Um, now, if I'm a line manager and, you know, I've got some work to be done, and I don't have a lot of experience working with a particular individual and I don't see that individual very often, you know, will I trust that person to actually do a good job with the work that I'm assigning to the individual? So sometimes there's also a trust issue between employer and employee to do the right, to do what's right for both of them. Okay, and what are employees uh, and organizations doing to cope with remote working and how effective has this been? Because, you know, the employees seem to be quite satisfied 
doing this, uh, you know, for the long term. Um, but how effective has it really been? Do we have any data on that? Yeah, so there are a few things that people are doing um, these days to make sure that they maintain or even enhance their productivity, right? The first one is really about uh, collaborative tools or technology. So a lot of organizations have provided the necessary tools in the form of technology to get work done remotely. The other things which are being done by employees, I guess on an individual basis and also uh, you know, on a team basis is, for example, setting uh, meeting-free times for teams, mm. right? So this would mean, for example, um, having a sort of like an agreement to say, look, you know, we are not going to have any more meetings on Friday afternoons. The do not disturb block. Yes, that's right. The do yeah. not disturb block, right? And the do not disturb block also applies to saying, look, I don't want to have any calls or meetings or we should not have any calls or meetings after six o'clock in the evening every mm. day. Mm. Right. And it could be for whatever reason. Right. Because, you know, uh, those uh, those employees who have families, you know, they have to care for their children. You know, they may, they may even have to, uh, you know, cook for their families and so on and so forth. So they don't want to be disturbed, you know, after six o'clock in the evening. Right. A couple of other things that people have been doing is um, setting aside time in their calendar for focused work. Mm. So this is really about blocking off your calendar and making sure that you have that dedicated and focused time to get your work done, as opposed to being dragged into back-to-back -back calls on a daily basis. Single-tasking. Right? Yes, that's right, single-tasking. Yeah, that's important because, you know, when you have an output that you have to deliver, it's very important for individuals to be able to focus on that output, right? And that impacts your productivity as well. Right? But if you have... Uh, requests coming in for you to attend meetings non-stop, right? Then that focus is not, not there and you will not be able to be productive. So people are actually um, intentionally blocking out time to get work done in their calendar. The last thing which I would say that people are doing is about reducing the meeting times. Mm. So if, if a typical meeting would take, say, one hour to get done, they will schedule the meeting for 45 minutes instead. Right. Likewise, if it's for a 30 minute call, they will schedule the meeting for maybe 25 minutes. Right. So that allows people that five minutes to 15 minutes sort of break time in between uh, back to back calls. So that allows them to take a break in between meetings. So these are some of the things that people have been doing to help them cope with uh, remote working and also help them to be more productive. All right. Uh, it's time for us to take a quick break. But when we come back, we discuss the different modes of flexible work arrangements available to the nation's workforce. Also, the implications of uh, flexi work on the way we work in the future. All that and more happening on Resource Centre. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Build Fairer Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
we're back. You're listening to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me today is Anil Shivadas, partner, People Advisory Services at Earns and Young Consulting, and we are discussing flexi work arrangements um, when we actually go back to work post pandemic. Fingers crossed. Now, um, Anil, I am a bit curious about the working arrangements at EY. Now, you're coming to me from home right now, but Will there be flexi work conditions for when everyone's vaccinated and safe to get back to work? Yeah, Audrey, I think for, for EY here in Malaysia, uh, we are still going through that process in terms of determining what we should be doing moving forward. I mean, to be honest, uh, we've, we've just uh, gotten our uh, approvals from MITI for our people to get back into the office. Mm. Right? But of course, we have to follow the uh, capacity requirements Right. So in the background, uh, we are actually still working on, you know, what sort of policies should we have moving forward, you know, whether it's going to be hybrid work arrangements or not, but that's yet to be seen. So our HR team uh, is busy at work uh, on that front. And it's okay for organizations to be in this state of limbo right now. You know, we're all figuring this out together, right? What we're allowed to do, what we're capable of doing, because everything's changed thanks to COVID. Yes, it has, Audrey. Um, I mean, different countries are actually at different phases, right, in mm. this whole pandemic. Um, of course, uh, EY in the UK, they've actually announced a policy of hybrid work arrangements. Um, but, you know, we've yet to see that here in Malaysia for EY. So that hopefully that's coming soon. Um, there are other organisations in Malaysia, you know, specifically with regards to financial services that have actually made some announcements recently mm. about, you know, uh, remote working, right? So again, different organisations, um, they've got different sort of policies in place at the moment and we're all just waiting to see, you know, what, what needs to be done moving forward. I mean, the number of cases which they are, they are currently still high, mm. Um so I think there's still a lot of wait and see uh, sort of scenario today. Right. Now, Anil, coming back to um, some of the key findings from EY's 2021 Work Reimagined Employee Survey, um, do we know uh, what employees' preferences are in terms of where and when they want to work and, and what do they want their employers to provide? Do we have any info on that? Yeah. Um, so basically, let me just set the context, right? Um, so there are two things that we're talking about here. The first one is flexibility in where to work, right? And this is essentially work from anywhere, mm. right? Um, whether it's the office, whether it's home. And of course, when the restrictions are lifted, you can work from a cafe if you want to, right? Then the other element is really about flexibility in when to work, mm. right? So this means no fixed working hours during the day, you know, as long as employees can stay productive and deliver the outputs required, right? So that's really about flexibility in where to work and also in when to work, all right? Mm. Now, what the survey is saying is that um, majority of the people, as what we mentioned earlier, 78% of the employees want their employees to provide some kind of flexibility in terms of where and when they work, right? And what the what the data is showing is that they actually prefer to have, majority of them prefer to have two to three days of either work working remotely or in the office. Mm. Right? So there's going to be a mix of uh, remote work as well as working in the office. That's the preference mm. of employees, according to the survey results. 
All right. And I know there's no cookie-cutter approach to this. There's no one-size-fits-all for this. Um, so are there different modes of uh, work arrangements available to the Malaysian workforce? Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be very brief and very simple about it, there's just three different modes of working, right? Mm-hmm. Either you go into the office full-time, you work remotely full-time, or somewhere in between, right? But what's important to note is that uh, what, what are employees looking for, right? Uh, whether they're working remotely or in the office or even on a hybrid mode, right? So basically, employees are looking for more flexibility in terms of when they start and when they finish work. Mm. Right? And, this, and this speaks to individual and also team-based schedules, right? Um, some are also asking for compressed work week. This is interesting because, mm. um, you know, rather than working five days a week, which uh, majority of us are on today, you know, they, they are they're, they're wondering whether they can also have a compressed work week, which is four days a week. Now, I think the reason why they're asking for that is because um, if, they have, if they feel that they are more productive these days, they're getting more work done in the same amount of time, then why not, you know, give them that last day of the week, a Friday off, right, mm. to do what they need to do, to catch up with the other, their other commitments, right, provided that they actually complete the work that they need to do for that week, right? Mm. The third thing that they are looking for is, you know, with regards to, you know, if they are required to work, say, uh, from home, right, it's really about how can organizations support them in setting up their home office, right? So this could be in the form of uh, subsidy for the internet, uh, any software or hardware that's required, right, for them to work remotely, right? And of course, they also want the organizations to provide, you know, the necessary collaborative technologies for them to get the work done. Okay. Now, likewise, um, if they're working in the office, they're also asking for better technology, right? better amenities, and more spaces for collaboration in the office. Mm. Now, if you think about it, when we're working remotely, we're typically on our own. So yeah. the last thing we want to do is when we get back into the office, we want to be alone in our <laughs> yeah. own room. right? So what, what people are actually looking for is when they do go into the office, they're actually looking to network and collaborate with their fellow team members. So the office of the future could be, you know, uh, offices where there are no sort of cubicles or, or, or you know, uh, dedicated rooms for senior people. It could be, you know, you've got a lot more collaborative sort of uh, spaces for people to meet, discuss, and to get things done together. Interesting. Now, of course, with all of these um well, different modes of work, there will be implications of implementing these different modes of work uh, to organizations, right? So what do you foresee as some of the issues or implications that we'll be having uh, implementing these different modes of work? Right. So from an implications perspective, you know, I can talk about three sort of broad areas, right? The first one is work. So this is really about how can organizations design the jobs that they have that enable employees to get things done remotely. And this is through the use of collaborative technologies and also also other sort of platforms like um, intelligent automation, for example. Mm. Right. So it's really about enabling the employees to get work done remotely or wherever they are. Right. And this could relate, you know, to the sales functions, uh, customer service functions, uh, strategic support functions like finance, HR, and even IT and procurement. Mm. 
But that's about work, right? It's really about how organizations um, design their jobs for their employees, right? To get things done remotely. The second one, the second area is really about the workforce. And this is really about the people, right? Within the organization. It's about how organizations determine the types of capabilities required to get work done effectively and providing the right sort of upskilling and also reskilling programs. Right? Mm. For example, um, you know, training programs to use new work technologies, right? Um, leadership development programs to upskill leaders to lead teams, you know, in this sort of virtual setting, mm. right? And also mental wellness programs, right? Which is right. so important these yes. days. Yeah. It's also, so workforce is really also about workforce planning, right? In terms of how many people do you really need in the office at a given time, mm. right? And determining the right mix of people who are in the office. So essentially, who needs to be in the office and when? Um, you know, you can't have the same team. Half of the team is actually working remotely and half of the team is in the office, right? You can't? So it's, it's, not, it's not that easy depending on what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. Right? So these are some of the key considerations that, you know, organizations need to take into account, right? In terms of workforce planning, right? Mm. Yeah. Now, now can, I, can we also talk about some of the industries or segments of industries where flexi work is just not possible? Now, off the top of my head, I'm thinking about manufacturing, security, medical services. You know what I mean, you know? Should um, employee benefits or pay packages be adjusted to reflect the fact that they will not have flexi work arrangements. And I'm just looking forward like a decade down from now, possibly. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah. So from an industry perspective, you're right. I mean, those are some of the industries which are, which are difficult, right? To, which are challenging where, you know, they need to be on site to get things done. But I would also say that it would really depend on the types of work technologies that they're implementing mm. as part of the organization, right? Um, you know, for example, you know, in manufacturing, um, the use of robotics, right? The use of IoT uh, that will enable uh, monitoring of machinery uh, being done remotely and so on and so forth, right? So there are many different things that can be done for organizations that actually want to move towards uh, remote working. Mm. Right. Um, I think our 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 very own um, you know power utility company Tanaga. You know they are actually in the midst of uh, installing uh, smart meters. Right. I just had my smart meter being installed just a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking um, to the field worker who was doing the installation, and I'm saying, so what's the benefit of installing this smart meter? Oh, now we don't have to you know, come and do the meter reading anymore. The All the meter, meter readings can be done remotely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so these are some of the things that can be done by organizations depending on what sort of industry they're in, right? Mm. Um, now, in terms of the benefits, compensation, and so on and so forth, right? Um, I would say that uh, organizations will probably do, they do need to relook at, you know, how they reward and incentivize their people. Uh, in the longer term, um, look, if if employees are required to spend more time at home working, right, actually the cost of uh, working from home also, there is a cost involved, right, in terms mm. of working at home. There's an internet cost, there's also electricity cost, and so on, right? So there will actually come a time when uh, employees will need to actually review 
uh, what are some of the compensation and benefits sort of elements that needs to be adjusted accordingly, right? I mean, in EY, what we did was we actually provided uh, 600 ringgit one-time payment mm-hmm. to our staff. And that money was used, uh, was meant to be used to help the employees set up their home office. Right, right. Right, for internet, um, you know, to get a new table, to get a new chair, and so on, right? So so we actually uh, did that uh, for our employees, right? And I think likewise for many other companies here, uh, they've probably done um, similar sort of initiatives, but it's really all about helping their employees adapt to the current uh, working arrangements. And that speaks a lot about the organization because it shows that the organization does care for them. Right. Right. So that's on the workforce element. The third element which I'd like to touch on is really the workplace. Mm. Right. So organizations will need to assess how much office space is really required. Right. And how should they set up their offices? Um, you know, I know a few clients who have actually started to make the move of reducing the amount of floor space in your office. Um, they're also looking at setting up of satellite offices, mm. right? And like I mentioned earlier, it's really about how do you set up the office itself from the perspective of having more collaborative spaces and also maybe even the hot desking system. Yeah, yeah. And with regards to workplace, if at home, then we touched on this a little bit just now. It's really about how we help our employees set up their home office. Now, Anil, before we wrap up, um and I know that you've kind of suggested many solutions here, you know, for future flexi work arrangements. But um, are there specific actions that organizations can take to adapt uh, to changing employee preferences? Um, I think what I've seen in the market is that some organizations are taking the initiative to ask their employees mm. what's their preference, right? I think that would probably be the first step. Now, just because the employees say they want this, they want remote, they want to work remotely from home, for example, it doesn't really mean that we have to do it, right? Mm. We, we as organize, the organizations will definitely need to assess um, the desirability, the viability, and also the feasibility of providing those sort of options to the employees, right? right, right. Because at the end of the day, they're still running a business, right? Mm. And they still need to get things done. So I guess one of the first steps is, you know, maybe listen to the employees, get a gauge what the employees are looking for, right? And then taking a step back, looking at the data and seeing, okay, what what, else, what can they actually provide their employees for the long term? All right. And just before we go, Anil, um, some key takeaways from this conversation. You know, we're about to experience the next wave of change in the way we work. What can employees and organizations do to better adapt to these changes? I think we've got to have a long-term view so having a long-term view enables us to plan ahead. What we used to do in the past when this whole pandemic started was, I guess, merely like a stopgap measure and also, you know, very short-term solutions. Now we know that, you know, the employees, they want something, uh, you know, in, a, in the longer term, in terms of flexibility, in terms of where and when they work. So we, we definitely need to take steps to address that. And if organizations are you know, uh, looking at making some decisions around collaborative technologies and they're still not sure, okay, should we make the investment or not? Um, I think this whole uh, hybrid work arrangement is here to stay. So hopefully, you know, 
this will actually help organizations uh, you know make better decisions moving forward in terms of how they how they are able to enable their workforce um, to work remotely moving forward in the long term all right anil thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today thank you audrey I've been speaking with Anil Shivadas, partner within People Advisory Services at Ernst and Young Consulting. Now, if you missed out on any part of this conversation, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also catch up on all our podcasts on the BFM app. That's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. We'll be back again on Resource Center same time next week. But till then, this is Audrey Raj for Enterprise BFM eighty nine point nine. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.